I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. You know, sometimes you listen to the radio and you just hear something that's like, bam, that's exactly what I needed in my day. And my day started this morning uh, by an extraordinary story uh, delivered by our good friend and colleague Lindsay Ertz from KSL News Radio. And she's actually joined me in studio to talk about this. I was literally, I was driving into the office early this morning uh, and I heard this story and I, I literally just pull the car over, <laughs> regroup just a little bit. This is an inspiring story about perseverance, about heart. It is a heart of Utah story. And uh, Lindsay, give us a little backstory before we listen to a few of these clips. Well, first of all, Boyd, thank you. And thank you for your text this morning telling me that because it means a lot coming from other colleagues and professionals um, to have them comment on my work. So, But this story is not about me in any sort of way. This is about Kyle Brown, who has been diagnosed with an aggressive form of ALS. It's called Bulbar ALS. So it's mm. this... Bulbar onset, when you hear of ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, right? A lot of people know that from Lou Gehrig, the baseball player, and from the Ice Bucket Challenge. Right, right. Uh, But a lot of the... When you see these uh, public figures with this disease, um, it's the limb onset where your limbs and the muscles and the nerves don't work and then eventually they atrophy, right? This is bulbar onset, which is a more aggressive form, and it starts in the mouth, in the tongue, in the lips, in the throat. And so Kyle's speech has started to deteriorate already in just um, his few months of official diagnosis. Yeah, let's take a listen to Kyle describing that. I started having trouble speaking, which is very clear now, but in uh, December of 2020, it was very slight um, and just started progressing. This disease is, hits everybody different. It affects for in bulbar onset, it will affect speaking, breathing, swallowing, and that's where it's hitting me now. Uh, such a, an interesting thing. And, and if you know Kyle, uh, Kyle's a radio guy. Yeah. Uh, his voice, his ability to articulate uh, is a big part of who he is. Yeah, and that's how I know Kyle from a, a podcast that he and I sort of uh, co-hosted together and I met him through a mutual friend and so I do know him personally and when I heard his story I was like I have to share this people yeah. need to hear what he's going through right now and, and see the resilience that's coming yeah. out of it and that resilience started the day after he got the official diagnosis yeah uh, proposing to his wife let's take a listen look at this as maybe the end of me in a way I see it as the beginning and it'll go forever 
That is just the sweetest thing that Kyle said to his bride. Now listen to this after they he got his official diagnosis. And if we have time, I'll tell you the story about how he got a misdiagnosis. But once he officially got this uh, diagnosis confirmed, he proposed to his girlfriend that day. They were engaged two to three weeks. They planned and rode their bikes, because he's an elite cyclist, rode his bike to the top of Francis Peak with his bride. They were married in an impromptu ceremony, met up there by hundreds of their friends and family. And that those were the words he said to his bride, as everyone in that audience and everyone that was there, love and support them, but know that he has um, a clock. Yeah. I mean, we all do, essentially, but his has been given to him and told him how much time he has left. Six to 18 months is what doctors are giving him. Oh, my goodness. And uh, as you mentioned, Kyle is an elite athlete, a triathlete, uh, and he is going to take on a big big challenge. Just take a listen to uh, what he's going to do and how he's going to do that in this triathlon. He was diagnosed with ALS and uh, did Ironman. And... uh, He's the only one I know of so far, with uh, at least with advanced ALS, who has done it. So I, uh, I've been, uh, he, he of course has passed away some time ago. Special to be that uh, his parents and I have been in, in contact and communicating. I'm honored that they asked me to uh, to wear his number. <laughs> yeah, so that's actually Kyle talking about an inspiration to him. A writer named John Blaze, who's a triathlete uh, who has since passed away from this disease. And as you heard, his parents have asked him to wear that number in the Ironman uh, 70.3 World Championship race that he is now training for. And that's the crux of this whole story is that wow. in with this diagnosis, he is still training for this Ironman. You don't um, just sign up and do an Ironman. <laughs> you have this to, is not me it, running the uh, 3K at this the... This is uh, not a couch to 5K, <laughs> right? You have to qualify for this. And in fact, I mentioned the misdiagnosis before. Kyle got this diagnosis, uh, I believe, in March of this year. And then he went back like a week later and doctors said, no way, you're in peak physical condition. You have this one symptom, this slurred speech. This cannot yeah. be your diagnosis. You are He's vegan. He is like wow. the epitome of health, right? Mm. And um, they said, there's no way that this is your diagnosis. And it was a few months later. In that time, he qualifies for the world champion or for, for the world championship yeah. Ironman with the best time ever. And uh, then they come back and give him the official diagnosis and the time of six to eighteen months. Wow, so amazing and so inspiring that he would continue on that uh, at our house uh, in our neighborhood. We actually have an annual. 1K. Yes. 1K donut run. Uh, It's over before it starts. If there's donuts at the end of anything, I will run 26 miles. It is a good thing. And uh, Kyle, in classic fashion, uh, as we've talked about, uh, not just running for him, but running for so many others and really trying to raise awareness uh, about this just very cruel, very difficult disease. Take a listen to this. I'm okay. I know where I'm going. And for me, it will be... An instant. And uh, I feel bad for those that love me and uh, touched touched by uh, their love for me. And I hate to see them sad. 
So he is going to keep raising awareness. And I think one of the things that uh, gives Kyle, Kyle has always been quick-witted, sharp as a tack, and just such an incredible ability to articulate on the fly and to always have that touch of humor. And uh, I'm going to have you talk to that in just a second. But I want everyone to listen that even in the midst of all of these challenges, all of this difficulty, all of this certainty in terms of how this part of his race ends, uh, he still kept that sense of humor take a listen i'll finish yeah if it kills me because what have i got to lose i mean i mean six months anyway so (laughs) right like these are the types of jokes kyle makes and if you know kyle at all you know this sense of humor and so you're not offended by anything he says it's just this is kyle right and so yes this is also a story of humor in the face of death like how many of us could be so resilient and so just true to themselves as they're literally dying yeah uh, I, I loved when you you asked him about you know are you still going to compete and and he said well i have my number yeah <laughs> you know, i paid the fee i've, I've already paid for I, it. I qualified it and i paid for it so of course i am yeah you know? yeah oh uh, it's so great Lindsay Ertz, uh brilliant storytelling is always beautiful framing very powerful story. Thanks for sharing that with Thank us Thank you so much. You can hear more this afternoon. It'll air at 545 again on Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News. Uh, wonderful. 545, yep. uh, part of our afternoon drive with Je- Jeff Kaplan. You can hear the full story from Lindsay Ertz on someone who's just absolutely inspiring in the face of adversity and significant challenges. And that's a message we can all use today and every day. And that is the heart of Utah. That's what it's really all about. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, uh, Gordon Smith is going to join us from BYU Law School. Talk about a new initiative, new opportunities in Jerusalem that are compelling and important for all of us to understand. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.